0: So every year, we um, we start off our year with a, a sermon series looking at just our, our vision, our mission, our strategy. You guys hear uh, a little bit of that every single Sunday when whoever is up here doing this. We talk about being in the Word of God, prayer, and community. We talk about making disciples. Uh, but once a year, we specifically go through a series. And this particular year, we were so just struck by... Um, just the deep desire for us to do that, to be built up in Christ, and to be, to see each and every one of us fall more in love with Jesus, and um, just sit before Him, uh, enjoying Christ, that we actually decided we're going to uh, extend this series, not to a three-week one, but actually a six-week one. So today, uh, Pastor is going to be looking at the Word of God. What is the Word of God? Uh, next week, um, it's going to be very practical. I'm going to talk through uh, how do we then do it? How do we I mean, I know this is like the time of year where we start our Bible reading plans and we make those things, and then by Leviticus, we fail. Um, you know, so it's frustrating. It's like, well, how do I do this? How do I live in the Word of God in a way that transforms me? Uh, next week will be very practical on how do we meditate on the Word? How do we really carve out time to where this is a life-giving thing? Uh, then the following week will be on what is prayer. Then the week after that, very practical. How can we as people uh, have more effective Time in prayer, uh, then the next week community, and then the kind of the house. So, um, can I uh, have me my bolts in there? Actually, I think it's down there. Um, before I uh, share a few announcements, and there's there's quite a few this morning. I wanted to show you a quick graphic just to kind of let you know what I talked about last week, as far as and and, and also in going the next few weeks. So, uh, the first one up here, you guys have seen this before, maybe a handful of years ago. You are the drill, and those life mission drills are available at Home Depot. They're on sale right now. Um, so if you want to be this drill, this instrument in God's hands, God using you uh, to reach into people's lives, uh, you want to be abiding in God's grace, having power powerful ministry, power over your own sin, imagine if you are a drill, but you, there's no cord, there's no outlet, and you're trying to screw this, like screw into the wall, spinning this massive drill, that's how life is. Right? We just we go through life and we're just trying to figure out, we feel like we're hitting our head against the wall and nothing's working, I'm still battling the same sin. I, I feel distant from Christ. Everyone else seems happier in Christ than me and it just, we're just frustrated. That's, that's what life is like as a Christian a lot of times. You're a drill but you're spinning yourself in your own power trying to get this screw into, into the wall. Right, so what we need is we need the power of God. That's on the way left here, the gospel. So the next slide here, we've got an outlet. Right, yes, the outlet. The, The big hero right so this outlet the power uh is the gospel it's the good news we see that in romans chapter one that the gospel is the power of god unto salvation Uh, other verses talking about abiding in him so abiding that drill has to abide in the power right we're the branches we have to abide in christ the problem is we don't have a way to get from that drill and tap into that power so we need a cord so the next one we see a cord but the cord isn't plugged in so I think most Christians, a lot of us, we have our Bibles, we, we pray a little bit, we go to church, but somehow it's not doing anything for us. It's not actually transforming us. It's like the Pharisees, right? They had the Bible, they had the Old Testament, right? They went to synagogue, they prayed, but they denied the power of Christ. Those things, like when Jesus said, you search the scriptures because you know that in them they have life, and that's true, they do, but you fail to come to me. So oftentimes, our time in the word, our time in prayer, our time coming to church, going to community group, our time in fellowship, doesn't actually bring us to Jesus. It just brings us to a cord. And those cords are important, but if they're not plugged into the the power source, then we're just gonna be still, like that drill, spinning ourselves. But now we're frustrated because we're like, well, I've got my Bible, I've got prayer, but I'm still doing it because we're kind of doing it wrong. So then the last one we see, we get plugged into the power source. That's what these next six weeks, including today, is going to be about. How do we actually plug ourselves in using these amazing drop cords, these extension cords, that aren't designed just to give you a, a discipline to do But are designed to actually connect you to the power of christ himself like we talked about last week that million dollar bank account that we're scrounging through the trash cans whereas we have this million dollar bank account that can feed us for the rest of our lives that's what we want to do we want to tap into that so the next six weeks can be very practical Um, it's gonna be challenging there's gonna be some challenging parts but i'm hoping it's gonna be very encouraging uh, and inspiring motivating for us Uh, so that's what we're gonna be looking at these next six weeks uh, before um, we jump into the sermon, though, um, I'd, I'd like you just to uh, open up your, your in here because there's, there's four announcements I want to share with you. And this is all, all these, these four announcements, this is actually all part of this. This is part of us continually wanting to be plugged into just the, the power of God. Uh, we hope that everything we do here as a church is designed around what we just saw here. We don't want to do things just to do things. We want to do things that can help us enjoy jesus the person the man not the religion but the person so uh tomorrow night uh i sent out an email a couple times this week hopefully you saw those but tomorrow night uh we'll have uh, some prayer at my house uh everyone here is uh welcome it's going to be starting at uh, 6 30. Uh, we don't have child care for these um, but everyone is welcome uh, to come out um, and we'll just gather together for about an hour-ish um, and pray together uh, it's always an awesome awesome time uh, we start off with a song or two to worship uh, but then we just spend some time in prayer. Um, then Wednesday the 25th, uh, we have a newcomer's dessert. Anyone who's maybe been here just for maybe a few weeks, a few months, or you just here, okay, little little life mission hack here, okay? If you have not had Lindsey Adams's desserts, even if you've been here for 10 years, you should come on Wednesday the 25th, okay? Because it's gonna be worth your time. Even if you just like dine and dash, you're totally welcome, okay? Uh, So, Wednesday the 25th, I mean, am I right? (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) So, anyone who wants to just get to know a little bit more about the church, or just get to know us a little bit, let us get to know you a little bit, enjoy some tasty desserts, Wednesday the 25th, uh, mark your calendar for that. Uh, There's an RSVP in there as well. Uh, Then also, Wednesday, February 1st, uh, we have one of our GPS meetings. That's kind of a family meeting pull behind the curtain or look behind the curtain a little bit uh we come out it's different than a sunday morning um it's a little more casual and just kind of talking about just family issues Uh, we're going to use this also to kick off uh, our next community group season uh, which will be kicking off that same week so community groups will get together here uh, to enjoy one another and enjoy christ Uh, and if you're not in a community group you're still welcome to come out uh, but we're going to use that GPS night as kind of a kickoff uh, and kind of family gathering uh, before we jump into our next community group season, which will be that week. Uh, so have that in mind. Anyone who's in a group right now, you guys are already in your groups. So you don't have to re-sign up. But if you've been sitting thinking about, you know, I need to probably get in one, um, the next couple weeks we'll start having some signups available for you guys to jump into those. So um, so right now, oh, then lastly, sorry. Sorry. Uh, our end of the year contribution statements from 2022. Uh, they're going to be emailed to you at the end of this month. Uh, so you can be waiting for those. If you don't know if we have your email address, you should let us know so we can get that sent out to you. So, so right now, um, we spend our time just for a moment just to thank the Lord for all that He's given us. Uh, some of you give online, uh, some of you give by putting in the, the box in the back. Uh, However you choose to give, uh, this is our time during our service where we just give God thanks for all the ways that he's provided for us, and there are hundreds of thousands of ways he's done this. So we always want to take just a a moment during our our gathering together as as a way of worship and say, God, you are good. You are our provider. You provided for our church family. You provided for our individual families, and we want to thank you. Uh, So to kind of bring us to mind in that, um, Mike is going to come up, uh, read a scripture for us, uh, just to kind of give us uh, something to to think through uh, and something to meditate on as we thank God for what he's done.
1: Good morning, church. I'm going to be reading from Psalm 8610. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I give thanks to you, O Lord, my God, with my whole heart and I will glorify your name forever, for great is your steadfast
0: love towards me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. Amen. Lord, uh, we are so grateful, God, that you have delivered us. That is the good news that we begin our day with, that we begin our week with, that you have forgiven our sins and delivered us. That is the number one best thing that you have provided for us, above and beyond our homes, our jobs, our finances, our families, um, above all those things. God, those things would be nothing if it wasn't for the wonderful, beautiful, amazing news that we get to know you. You are the greatest gift that you have given to us. And we want to enjoy you. We want these next six weeks even specifically to, to teach us and shepherd us into ways where we can learn to enjoy you more and more and more because we often feel like that drill, just spinning, a little empty, tired, exhausted. And, and we don't want that. We want, to just, we want to know the power of the gospel in our lives. So help us to dive into the depths of the gospel. We thank you, God, for your goodness towards us, for your provision. We thank you, Lord, that you have Uh, brought us to a church family that we get to enjoy you each and every Sunday and then other times throughout the week. So we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So
1: last week, if you guys were here, we had a wonderful time of celebrating and looking at God's faithfulness over the past 10 years of our church. Wasn't it fun? Oh man, so great. And that's what it's we are a church. I know that sounds simple, but we're a family of believers seeking to make known the manifold wisdom of God. That is an amazing thing. And I hope we continue building our faiths individually and corporately so that we can truly see God's glory known and disciples make disciples. But it all starts with the cornerstone. Jesus, the foundation of the life, death, and resurrection of our savior. It's only because of him and for him that we are able to glorify our father. If we, this church, begin building on anything other than Jesus, the word made flesh, we will crumble. We must build on the rock. We must know this rock, our Savior. And we must know this friend, Jesus. And if you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus, I pray that the Holy Spirit this morning illuminates his glory, illuminates his words to you. Because this morning we're going to see how the word of God is a root that nourishes all aspects of your life. If we want to grow as disciples, our roots do need to go deeper. Kids, I have a question for you. We Need kid participation. What does the sun do for the Earth? Give it light? Give it light. What else? Warm it. Was it heat it? Excellent. What would happen if the sun went dark? Ooh, not just cold, but like yes, very good. Now, we need the light from the sun to live, right? Or else we would not exist. Okay, so what, what does water do for our bodies? Kids again, or adults, what does water do for our bodies? Hydrates it. Makes it live. Beautiful answer, that's what I was hoping for. And bread, food, same thing, right? Without bread and food, our body doesn't function. It begins to shut down, begins eating itself. Sorry, that was too far. (laughs) So can we live without these? Can we live without light, water, or bread? Nope. I have here my notes. Nope. For a couple days. (laughs) Cool, we'll talk later. (laughs) Anyways, you need all three to live. The Word of God... This word of God is our light, bread, and water. And not just to satisfy temporarily, but his word satisfies forever. The words of Jesus give life. John six sixty eight. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. So, this morning we're going to see how the Word of God is light, is bread, is water, and is a man, Jesus. So, let me pray. We're going to ask the Father and the Holy Spirit to magnify His name, to magnify the name of Jesus in our hearts this morning. Father, you are, you are holy. You are beyond magnificent of anything our imaginations could come up with. You are better than we can imagine. You are more good, you are more loving, you are more powerful, you are more just. Lord, you are an amazing Father. Lord, and you sent your Son to reconcile us to you, Lord, that we may know your love. Lord, that we may know your truth, the Word made flesh. Lord, that we would have these things to live to live our lives, to glorify not our names, but Lord, that we would glorify your name. So Holy Spirit, would you be with us this morning? Would your words go out and accomplish the work that they always do? Lord, we pray you are with us, Jesus, and that your name is lifted on high today. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray, amen. Amen. So if you guys wanna go ahead and turn your Bibles to chapter 1, verse 1. This is where we're going to get started. I'm also going to be reading from Psalm 119, 105. There's a hundred and something verses, just so you know, in Psalm 119. So if any of you Olympic Bible turners want to try and get there quickly after I read John, that's fantastic. It'll be on the screen behind me, but also would love to hear some page turning, and we'll get to that in a little bit. All right, John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him not anything anything was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And there was a man sent from God whose name is John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now, Psalm 119, 105, I'm going to turn right there with you, see if I can beat you. Oh, I may have marked it with my tassels, sorry. It's a quick verse, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path." Oh man, such good truths. All right, more more questions, kids. I don't know if you were ready for this kind of interaction today. Okay, I know. You're on it, Matthew, thank you. All right, so why is the dark so scary? You can admit, it's scary. Adults, why is the dark so scary? You can't see. What's there in our imaginations? Now, the Bible says before someone is saved into the light, they're actual children of darkness, right? But because you're born in sin or spiritual blindness, you don't know that you're in the dark. You're ignorant to the existence of light. Now, another question, this is rhetorical because I'm I'm gonna say no unless, anyways. Now, anyone remember when they were toddlers? (laughs) Maybe if you are a toddler. But most are unaware, most toddlers are unaware of the existence of many things. Like blood. Every small child has blood pumping through their body, allowing them to live, allowing their brains to receive the oxygen they need, providing life to all their organs. And for you that are here or listening, blood's going through your body as well. At least I hope. But when that child gets hurt, and hurts themselves for the first time, They are made aware of what has always been. And Jesus has always been. The word of God has always been. Just as we saw in our opening verse, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones and dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him, and for him, right? But until the blood of Christ spilled from his pierced hands and flowed from his spear-pierced side, darkness was all that was available. The darkness brought in by sin in the garden. And from birth to birth to birth, sin carries itself to the next generation. In Psalm 51.5, he says, David says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity And in sin did my mother conceive me. But God promised in the garden to send his son to crush the head of the enemy. And it's absolutely incredible, we see in Genesis 1, God says, let there be light. And the earth is given light by the sun. And in John 1, 1, the true light, the image of the invisible God, brings light from heaven to earth. A light that sees in every darkness. And not just the darkness on the side of the house at night. That's always the darkness I was afraid of. Not just the darkness that covers half the earth, but the darkness that dwells in every heart and mind. The Holy Spirit ushers in the light of truth to darkened hearts. Not just the light that causes trees to grow, not just the light that warms the earth, but the capital L light in which is life but in the darkest moment of history as we saw in john 1 jesus crucified that's when light dawned for the lost the word of truth is our light right the word of god is light to the born again john 1 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory Glory is the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his Son. The word of God is our light. Now when we begin speaking of creation... Water hogs that conversation because water covers 70% of the earth. It makes up somewhere around 60% of our bodies. Now, have any of you just sat and thought how important water is? What would happen if the world ran out of water? Without water, there's nothing to drink. No plants can grow, no food can be produced. Water, just like light, is necessary to live. And it's hard for us to think about here in America or any first world country because we can turn on a faucet with high confidence, water will come out. We buy bottled water. We have filtration systems that allow us to really use any water source. And because it's so easily accessible for us now, we never think, you know, where am I going to get water? However, there are places that still exist where traveling to get water is the first thing done each day. Whether it's a river or a stream nearby or it's a community well that everyone shares, water is absolutely necessary for life and it's necessary every day. And in John chapter four, we see that going to a well was a normal activity done every day. And we're gonna jump to John chapter four, verse seven. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman from Samaria? For Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get the living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us this well and drank it from itself, or drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. The water that I will give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Physical water is a must to continue to live. And the living water, Jesus, is the only way to enter into eternity with him. Physical water satisfies for just a time, but the living water satisfies for all time. We have access, right? We have access to the well of eternity. The word of God is a well of immeasurable satisfaction, immeasurable joy, immeasurable love. In Isaiah 55, God says, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend on your money, which that is not bread, and your labor, for which that does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Delight yourselves in rich food. Delight yourselves in the word of God. Seek rest, refuge, and relationship with the one who died for you. You were walking around in darkness, seeking for your thirst to be satisfied. And the Father sent the bread of heaven to be broken for you. John mentions in chapter 6, this is not just the bread or the manna that was sent to Moses and to Israel in the desert. That bread was for the perishing. But Jesus is the bread of life. John 47, truly, truly, I say to you, Jesus is saying we need to consume who he is. We need to ingest the living word of God. In Ezekiel 3.3, 3, gives a, a crazy picture about this. And God said to Ezekiel, son of man, feed your belly with this scroll that I give you and fill your stomach with it. Then I ate it and it was in my mouth as, as sweet as honey. The word made flesh perfect, pure, holy, powerful word of God became human to reveal us to the Father. The true bread of heaven was broken so that not only our souls would be satisfied, but the wrath of God against sinful humanity would be satisfied. The bread from heaven, Jesus, satisfies every soul who trusts in him and satisfies his Father's perfect justice at the same time. How incredible this is and when we partake of the bread when we drink of the living water and believe and walk in the light we are partaking in the grace of god the father and when we experience the grace of god truly our desires change we desire the lavish feast we have been given in christ over the garbage that is too easily found in this world just as we talked about last week. Too often we seek to fill our souls with that which that does not satisfy. We fill up on sugar for the ever fleeting moment of sweetness. We fill up on scraps like a prodigal when we have a banquet from the king waiting for us. And that king is Jesus. Jesus himself says earlier in John chapter six, do not work for food that perishes but for the food that endures to eternal life which is the son of man he will give to you for on him god the father has set his seal then they said to him what must we do to be doing the works of god and jesus answered them answered them this is the work of god that you believe in him whom he has sent and that leads us to whom we want to worship this morning the word of god is a man, and his name is Jesus. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the most, and that is the most, incredible miracle of all. Can you even begin to fathom that? The words of God in human form truth personified walking around on this earth now i'm going to jump to another section of scripture john 18 i'm going to read a couple verses from there to see this interaction an amazing interaction between truth and his own creation john 18 37 it's with pontius pilate then pilate said to him so you are a king Jesus answered, You say that I am a king, and for this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? After he said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him. Oh man, to be in that room with Pilate. What is truth? He is truth. You find no guilt in him because he is God. The very words he speaks uphold the universe. The breath you take is only because he allows it. The reason your heart still beats is because God sustains you. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Church, let these words humble you. Let these words fall on you. We need to love the word. In Philippians 2, 5 through 7, he says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours, in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. It is Jesus and through Jesus that all things were created. And it was Jesus that gave himself for the very creation that would crucify him, so that those who crucified him, sinners, would become children of God. That is amazing. John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. We don't need to wonder what God desires for us. For those who have believed and whom God has sent, we don't walk blindly towards righteousness. We look to Jesus Right, in the first chapter of Hebrews it says, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. So where do we see the light? Where do we go for the living water? Where do we go for bread that satisfies? And how do we get to know truth, our savior, Jesus? By the word of God, the testimony of Jesus the glory of god revealed through words we've been given a gift the word of god i just god's heart has been exposed to us in the person of jesus john john one tells us the word i just can't get over this the word became flesh and god's word became a man and we have in this book the testimony of his words We have God's words available to us. And we need his word. We need Jesus. If you want to know more of Jesus, who are light, living water, bread of heaven, then you have to know his word. Just like spending time with a person you want to know more about. Spending more time in God's word will show you more of Jesus. Jesus tells that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when you sit and listen, listen is the key, you are shown more and more of a person's heart. Thus, when we spend more time reading the Bible, we learn more about the Savior and Father. Jesus has spoken. He has revealed his heart and it is perfect. It is everlasting light. It is living bread. It is bread of heaven. Words that not only pierce ears, but pierce hearts for those that the Father has given him. The words of Jesus is power. It is the word of power, and it raises the dead to life. Whew. All right, so when I was a kid, Guys, when I talked about the dark, I was just going through my own childhood. I was scared of the dark. But when I was a kid, if I wanted to learn how to do something, I had to look in a book, right? I remember in Boy Scouts uh, trying to learn how to tie knots with pictures. They never put enough pictures. I'd be like, wait, how'd that happen? Like, how come my knot doesn't look like that knot? But now I can get on YouTube, right, and see the person in all aspects of the process. I can watch a live example. Now, how do we live in the light? How do we seek the Father's glory? What example do we have? We have Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. And when he came to his creation, his people, the Pharisees were like, "Uh, how come our teachings don't look the same? However, they didn't correct their ways. They dug their heels in and tied themselves into knots. Now, I pray as a church, right, we continue to hold fast to the word of God. And I pray by the Holy Spirit, like a fetter, it binds our wandering hearts. So the goodness of God in Christ Jesus sustains us. I hope that each of us, kids, students, you too, you can continue to point to one another, each of us, to Jesus, to God's word. When Jesus teaches his disciples to pray in Matthew 6, he says, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Kevin Young says this, he says, praying for daily bread means We are asking God for all things necessary for life and godliness. Jesus would see that we can't live without bread. And we can't live without the Bible for very long either. Don't just give us this earthly bread, but give us the bread that comes from the mouth of God. Right, the Bible, it informs and transforms the way our mind works. It changes our hearts to desire new things. It changes us, it recognizes us, and changes It changes us to recognize the things that are not of his word, right? In 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Just like Jesus did when he was tempted by Satan in the wilderness. In Matthew 4.3, And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered him, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The word of God, it drives our lives. He inserts himself into our hearts by the spirit of truth. We do not insert our hearts into scripture. Our hearts don't inform the word of God. The enemy would love to make the scriptures about you, to make you the center. But when we go into the Word Church, when we go to seek Him, we seek Jesus. We are able to be satisfied in Him alone. And we pray that our hearts glory more in Him than anything else of all creation. Satisfaction is found in Him alone. Nothing this world can truly satisfy. No amount of money, no amount of food. No amount of stuff, no amount of sports, no amount of popularity, no amount of self-righteousness. The life of Jesus, the word made flesh, has been given to us. We can pick up these words of God and meditate on them. We can have them like inlets between our eyes, right? We can memorize them for the trials and struggles that will come. We can run to the beautiful light when we find ourselves in the dark. We can drink when thirsty and we can eat without money and forever be satisfied. Now in the coming weeks, kind of how Joby mentioned in our announcements this morning, we're gonna be discussing ways that we can drink and feast upon the living word. Because we as a church need to be saturated in his word. Kids, you guys still with me? Kids, you still awake? Another question. So what happens if you squeeze a dry sponge? Squeeze a dry sponge. Uh, (laughs) Cool, you guys were getting ready for the next question. Now what happens when you squeeze a sponge that has been soaked in a bucket of water? Water comes out. So when life squeezes us and those around us, May the love of Christ come pouring out of our hearts. May his gospel be on our lips as we seek to point one another to the giver of life. When we are squeezed, may it be truth that flows from us. But in order to be saturated, right, we need to let down our anchors into the depths of his grace. And myself, Joby, and the deacons, we want to help us do this because it's not going to be easy. We need one another. Now, I say often, if you don't have a Bible, right, we'll get you one. There should be a couple on the table back there, but if you need one, we'll also give you one. So if you need one of those ones, take it home with you. Now, I know we're in the, this is a little practical, I know we're in the digital age here. Many use iPads, Kindles, iPhones, computers to access the Bible. But maybe this year, just suggestion, try an actual Bible. Obviously, you don't have to, but it's a suggestion. I know there are times when I use an electronic device, I get distracted. And I'm going to kind of tell you a little case study here of how my morning routine normally goes. So my wife and I, along with several others, we do a particular Bible reading plan. My wife, she prints it out every time on an actual piece of printer. So antiquated. I, on the other hand, think I'm going to be slick and just save the PDF to my phone and it easily accessible place but when I pick up my phone to look at that reading plan oh look I've got five emails oh dang I didn't pay the mortgage oh wait I need to send myself an email for work for the meeting I have this morning wait I have five unwritten messages after I went to bed last night probably from Joby (laughs) I hope you see my point here like devices can certainly be helpful but their job is to distract you so reading an actual Bible, printing out some sort of reading plan may help or may just be a step of more consistent time in the Word, even if it's slightly less distraction, maybe even for Sunday mornings too. But I want you uh, to turn with me um, as we kind of wind down here to Luke chapter 10, verse 40. Or you guys going to watch me turn there? <laughs> Verse 40 through 42. It says, But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Now I know there will be distractions and many things to be anxious about, but let us choose the good portion. Let's be sure we feast on the word so that we can walk in the good works he's prepared beforehand. Running a marathon without calories would be disastrous. And so running this life of faith without the light of truth, the living water, the bread from heaven, Will also be disastrous. We need Jesus. We need His living words daily. The Word of God is alive because Jesus is alive. Just Revelations, real quick, as we get to see some magnificentness of His aliveness. Revelation 19 11. Then I saw heaven opened. This word of God is our life. We have been purchased by his blood and brought into a kingdom of light. The word of God is what we stand on. We build on the rock so that when the storms do come, we remain. Not because of our strength, but because of the eternal security of our salvation in Christ. Let's pray, church. Father, we thank you so much. Lord, that you gave us your son. Lord, you gave us the words of truth, the words of life that we can now read, look back, watch, see, believe, trust in, model our lives after. Father, I pray that this morning, like the words of your truth, the words that you have spoken Lord, would pierce our hearts. Lord, the light would find those darkened places of our heart and expose them to a life of truth. Lord, that we would be satisfied with the living water. Lord, that we would no longer be hungry, scrapping after other things, Lord, when you have the bread of life, when you are the bread of life. Jesus, help us in this. Help us to desire desire you more than anything else. Father, thank you for your word of truth. Thank you for the words you have spoken and given to us. Holy Spirit, would you continue to sanctify us, purify our hearts, and glorify the Father. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.